Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower and we are glad you joined us. If you would like to write to us, you can go to our contact page on warren-usa.com and send us your letter and your prayer request and your questions. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter by using hashtag Warren Radio and hashtag WatchmanIS216. On Instagram, use hashtag Warren Radio. LinkedIn, use hashtag Watchman. You can join us on USA.life or MeWe by using hashtag Warren Radio. Join us on Parlor by at WatchmanDGS and CloudHub by at Warren Radio. And you can listen to our shows through the following carriers Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio. Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Anchor, and Podchaser. And of course, you can go to warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com to listen as well. The fall feasts that are coming up are is the Day of Atonement from the 20th evening of September 27th to the evening of September 28th is the Day of Atonement. It's a high holy day. And then the um, evening of October 2nd to the evening of October 10th is the Feast of Tabernacles. And please take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchman. And this week we feature... Greatest Miracles, Simple Faith. Also, Christian Truth and Warrior Faith. And you can go to danaglinsmith.com to read those articles. And we also have a description of his book you can go read. It's um, Read Nephilim, the 13th Floor, Lucifer Risen. And that can also be read on danaglinsmith.com. And now, I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com and also follow us on Twitter find us on Instagram and join us on LinkedIn Greetings everybody welcome to a Friday edition of Sound the Shofar 
Fighting God, the Kingdom War, Part 3. And uh, we have got a big weekend ahead of us. Today's segment is House Divided. Can we identify with that? You bet we can. We are a divided country and a divided people. And a house divided against itself will not stand. We have riotous thugs on the streets. We have politicians trying to get rid of the police while the inner city minorities and those who are there, actually they're not a minority, they just happen to be there in the inner cities. And they want more police. And some of the major voices, past voices like Charles Barkley and others have spoken out about Black Lives Matter and ANFA and the politicians wanting to do these things. So we are a divided people. And we have a lot to learn. Let's hope we learn that before we destroy each other. There is no doubt that this is a dangerous, perilous time. Now, I want to remind you, too, if you listen to this quick enough, September the 26th is a prayer rally. Jonathan Kahn and uh, Franklin Graham, they're both going to be in Washington, D.C., praying for this country. Jonathan Kahn, from a Messianic standpoint, uh, also looks as the 26th, because this happens to be between the Day of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah, or Rosh Well, at any rate, between the Day of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, as current Israel does, the High Holy Days leading up to the Day of Atonement, followed by tabernacles, all in the fall. So this is a very prophetic time. The last time we had something very prophetic was during the eclipse which virtually sliced through the nation. And at that time, the Lord gave me a prophecy concerning the division in America, how it would increase and it would be a threat to this country. You can find all those uh, things over on warn-usa.com. And DanaGlennSmith.com. I've got some articles over there about that prophecy. So be sure to pray for this nation and this people and our leaders. The president gets ready to announce uh, his SCOTUS pick tomorrow. While the Democrats plot to destroy her. This is the most ridiculous function in our society. Why Democrats can't come before this. They act as if we we are always the enemy. And there's one thing. They wanted to know if Trump would uh, abide by the election results. Which is a stupid question. 
because the question is, will the Democrats, because uh, the last election we had, they never abided by it, and they spent four years impeaching Trump, or trying to, based on false information. So the political environment is one of the reasons, and the hatred, the division, and also ongoing outside sources, there's lots of them, and inside sources, lots of big money, lots of them that want to uh, destroy and remake what this country is. A lot of them are just pure foolish, from, from the most rich to the poorest. There's a lot of fools in this country that are foolish, and the Bible talks about the foolish. You can't argue with the fool, lest he become wise in his own eyes. And if you're ever approached by Antfon BLM on the street, you can't outshout these morons. That's why the Word of God is important. That's why you need to stand on something, lest you fall for anything. I stand upon the Word of God, as do many. And, of course, in Acts 22, verse 30, we're continuing our series on the kingdom war. Paul, of course, used to be, you know, with the Jews in the Sanhedrin. It's not that he's against them. He just found the truth. Yahshua knocked him off his high horse on the way to Damascus as he was going to uh, persecute the church and haul him before the, the high priest and have him thrown in jail. And then the Lord got a hold of his heart, and Paul changed. Saul became Paul to us today in the English, the Apostle Paul. And he tried to reach the Jews, and eventually he just decided, to, he said, uh, you know, your blood be on your own head, I go to the go to the Gentiles. That's where God had sent him in the first place. And on the morrow, this is Acts 22 and verse 30. We're going to read about 11 verses here. On the morrow, because he would have known the certainty, wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he loosed himself from his bands and commanded uh, the, high, the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Now see, till the very day that he testified, he lived in good conscience. That's including his faith in Christ and also observing the feasts and keeping the Sabbaths, doing things that he would have normally done. <clears throat> Except now he's justified by faith. And so the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then Paul said unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall, for sittest thou to judge me after the law, commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? And then Paul said, I knew not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. Now, both these verses tell you that he knew the law exactly. And he even describes himself as the Pharisee of the Pharisees as regarding keeping the law. And then Christ found him. 
And so it goes on to say, but when Paul perceived or knew that one part were Sadducees and the other part Pharisees, he cried out. This is brilliant. <laughs> Men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, and of the hope and the resurrection of the dead, I'm called in question. And that's true. He was. But see, you have a problem here. Because you have the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, nor an angel, nor a spirit, and the Pharisees believe in both. And so you have the whole house looking to destroy Paul. So he comes up and he just confesses the truth because Christ is the resurrection and the life. He, he proved that at a miracle when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He's the resurrection and the life. And the hope of the resurrection and the hope of eternal life is found in the Son of God, Yahshua, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so he came out and said it because he knew full well. He knew very well. Sitting at the feet of Gamaliel, uh, learning, and, and uh, he was well known by the high priests. He was well known by uh, a lot of them. You know, I'm talking about in Jerusalem. And, uh, but throughout the empire, you know, of Rome, the Jews who hated him followed him around all the time. Now here, it said, and when he had said this, that uh, he was called into question of the hope and resurrection of the dead, a dissension immediately began between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I mean, you can't let a good argument go to waste here. And, uh, you know, in the church, uh, it's the same way. We get in our little doctrines, and you can't even talk to one another. Many, many years ago, I was at a men's breakfast, a, a getaway, rather, a retreat for men. And uh, our church group and a lot of others from the state, uh, make no mistake, it was Assembly of God. But uh, there happened to be at the same hotel, Baptist meeting. Now, if you ever want to fight, just bring in the Baptists and the Assemblies of God and put them in the same hotel. So in the lobby, I was walking from one of our meetings, and there was one of the elders, one of the presbytery, who, you know, he was, he was older. He had been around for a while and been in the political arm and religious arm of the Assemblies of God. And the other guy opposed him was, uh, of course, a preacher. And uh, they were both arguing about something. I can't even remember what. And uh, they were just going at it tooth and nail. And so, you know, this really shows the, the love among the brethren. By this shall they know that you are my disciples, that you argue and hate one another. No, that you love one another. See, we justify our differences because of our denominations and what we've been taught, but Christ is greater than your man-made denomination. Now today, I've been a watchman and a preacher and a teacher and a warner, warning of things to come. As president of the WIBR, Warren Radio and Tower along my side, we have warned and taught and spoken out. And we are 
don't belong to any denomination. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and Yahshua, his messianic name. And so Paul found that there is a division, and where there's division, there's hope. And so that's what the people in America are doing. Create a division, because if we can get them divided, we can destroy this country and bring in socialism or whatever they want. Yeah, socialism's worked real good to destroy lives and peoples and cities and countries around the world. It's worked real well. China, of course, is communism, but they're all Marxist-based. And China wouldn't have the money it had today if it hadn't been for capitalism. That being chiefly America, we're the ones that made her rich. Uh, and, of course, Walmart, Target, and a lot of the others bought most of their goods from China based on slave labor of the Uyghurs and others. So this is how it works. It's politics. It's division. Any way that we can do to win, we're going to win. And in America, they've got an organized effort. They've got money behind them. And they've got people on the streets. And they find people sitting alongside when they're rioting. If you're in a restaurant sitting outside at a table, they're going to come on over and sit down. They're going to harass you. If you're a black cop or a white cop, they'll stand within inches of your face just to cause trouble with you. This is the new reality in America, kind of new for many of us here. Although I was raised in the 60s, I know very much what the riots back then was. But these have taken a darker tone. We are more satanic, black-hearted, thuggery than the others ever thought of being. Many of them were yippies. The others were hippies. They were lovers more than they were wanting to be fighters. So Paul looked at the Pharisees, and then he looked at the Sadducees, and he, and he said, Men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee, son of the Pharisee. And that's what he was. Of the hope and resurrection of the dead, I'm called in question. You can say here that he's a two-generation Pharisee, although he could have gone back further than that. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. Because the Sadducees, that's why they're sad, you see. There is no resurrection. Because there is no resurrection. There's no angels, no spirit, no heaven, no nothing. When you die, you die. The Sadducees, that's why they're sad, you see. Thank you, Pastor Kennedy, many years ago when you used to preach that. <laughs> good, good guy, good man, great pastor, good man of God. Loved the people, and he loved the Lord. And so the multitude was divided, but the Pharisees believed in the resurrection, and uh, they believed there was angels, or there were spirits, and that there was life after death. They believed that. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees' part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. Well, that's Paul. That's just what Paul wanted. See, I'm innocent. And then there arose a great dissension. The chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded that the soldiers go down to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. 
So this is Roman was the seat of the government of the Roman Empire, and he was going to get the chance to go clear to Rome and speak to the top heads of this country. And so the Lord stood by him that night and, and comforted him. Now this is a dynamic testimony of how the Lord was personally involved with his apostles. But see, here again, we're talking about the kingdom war. There is a kingdom war out there. Paul represented the truth. And of course, yes, he was a Pharisee, you know, and he had been a Pharisee. He's a born-again Pharisee now, and he doesn't do the Pharisaical part. He learned that the Lord fulfilled the law and the prophets. He did not destroy them, and the fulfillment of that is love and, of course, the shed blood of Christ on the cross. He is the Passover lamb. And he died so the death angel would pass over all of us. And there's no reason for anybody to die and go to hell. Because he has made a way for them. And that's why all you need to do is, as in John 1, it says, To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You receive him. Just like someone comes and knocks on the door of your house, you open the door, and many times you say, well, come on in. And so they come in the house, you sit down and have coffee and talk and fellowship and whatever you're doing. And see, when we say we receive him, we invite him into our lives, we invite him into our heart. We believe upon him and the works that he did. And when we do that and we believe, it's imputed unto us for righteousness' sake. Part of that imputation is a regeneration by the Spirit of God which comes into us at that time. So thus we are, as in John 3, born again to the Spirit. And then there's a relationship. We must understand that without him we can do nothing. We must be united to him. So that's where we get into John 10 through 17. In that relationship, how he is the door to the sheepfold, how he is the great shepherd, how he is the vine and we are the branches and we are to abide in him. For without him we can do nothing. How in John 15 that we, if we do love him, we are to keep his commandments. So these are the things. And then if you get into 1 John chapter 1, you learn that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And Jesus Christ, his son, uh, and, <clears throat> and we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, of course, we can get into Romans 3 through 7, which talks about confession of sin, which is what we must do. And even in 1 John 1, it talks about the confession of sin within that context of that verse that I had quoted. So these are the things when we look at it. The devil doesn't like the gospel. The devil doesn't like the Lord, and he sure don't like Christians or Messianic believers or any kind of believers that are trying to bring a message of redemption, salvation, and hope to people he wants to see in hell. And see, this is the thing. You have people on the streets, and they declare something like they're standing up for something good, but in fact, they want to destroy what you have built your whole life. They want to destroy your homes. They want to destroy your businesses, which they have done. They've even destroyed black businesses, and while they're on the street protesting Black Lives Matter, 
it, the fact of it is, you know, in the kingdom of God, all lives matter. It doesn't matter what color you are because the regeneration is in, in on the inside. Many people make a big deal of what color Jesus is. I'll tell you what color he is. He's glorified color. That's what he is. He's glorified, and you wouldn't recognize him if he came because he's not going to come as the bum on the street. He's going to come as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. You know, many years ago, I reported on a Jesus that claimed to be the true Jesus and Messiah who lived in Russia, and he appeared again. And uh, I think the authorities arrested him for some reason. He got in the news a little story. Most people missed it. Most Nobody even pays attention to it. There was another Jesus, I believe, over in Australia. Many, many years ago, I, was, I had warned about. And there was also a Jesus... Uh, down in uh, Florida at one time. And uh, so, you know, like the Lord said, many are going to come in my name. <laughs> Be not deceived. There's the Lord. And he has come. He's coming back as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And so Paul is bringing a message of deliverance to the people. And of course, he had been brought before. This is just part of the, of the whole section that uh, uh, we have been reading. And, of course, uh, if we get into Matthew 12, th this is a really big one. We're not going to read it all together. I put it in sections. Makes it easier to really look at. But in the first little section, Matthew 12, verse 1. So uh, Jesus went, uh, went on the Sabbath day through the corn. His disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and eat. So right away, the Pharisees are ready to send the disciples to hell. They're with the Lord of the Sabbath. That's who Yahshua is. And they can't pluck ears of corn to eat because to them that's work. When the law supersedes mercy and love, then that's when you're, you're wrong. Because love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, of course, when God brings judgment on a people for refusing to repent, they can say, well, you're not loving God. You're supposed to be love. Well, he's justice as well. And because he did love you, man is the one that fell. God provided a redemptive way for you to reunite back to your God. And when you reject that, you've rejected the love that he's offered. So as a result, he's given you what you want. You don't want the love. You don't want the forgiveness. You don't want the deliverance through Christ, which is who he provided as the Passover lamb, for God had determined that it was through the blood that redemption would be made, and it had to be sinless, a perfect sacrifice, the Passover lamb, and that's who Yahshua is and always will be. And so the disciples are here beginning to pluck the, the ears of corn, and of course these are the, the, the Pharisees that when he stood before them, you know, they didn't want to do anything because it was because of the resurrection that he was in there, the hope, and there was a division. The Sadducees didn't want him. The Pharisees stood up for him. Now, though, it's a different story. 
And so when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungered, and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God, and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? See, because the priests have to have to do their duties, but they're still blameless. But I say unto you that in this place one is greater than the temple. But if you had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now see, the Lord is the Sabbath. And when we say there is a day of rest, that day of rest is found in Christ. And we can keep the Sabbath day, but we don't keep the Sabbath day to be redeemed. We believe on Yahshua to be redeemed and what he did and when he was departed thence he went to their synagogue and behold there was a man which had his hand withered and they that and they asked him saying is it lawful to heal on the sabbath day that they might accuse him of course this is the kingdom war you have this and of course what we're dealing here is religious doctrine religious teachings and you have some teacher coming in Yahshua who is the son of God he was a teacher as well as the son of God and savior but he went to his own as John said in, in John 1 and his own received him not but as many as did receive him to them gave he power to become the sons of God see there were those on the streets, in the fields, they would gather to listen to him. So he is the Lord even of the Sabbath day. And they had the Lord of glory with them. And if the Lord didn't see anything wrong with it, who are these punk Pharisees? Of course, they're the keepers of the law. They're the Pharisees. They know what the law is. And they did know the law. Make no mistake about it. They know the law. But you're not justified by the law. We are no longer under that covenant. And even under the covenant of Sinai, they were not justified by the law. They were justified in order to get to God by the sacrifice on the Day of Atonement using the blood that was applied on the mercy seat. All that is a picture of what Christ did on the cross because it was his blood, as Paul brilliantly explains it in scriptures. Of course, by one man, sin came, and by one man, Christ Jesus, redemption came because he was fully God and fully man as well. And he's the one that has given us hope. 
And when he was departed, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked of him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day? Will he not lay hold on it and lift it up? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. And then he said to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it restored whole like as the other. So the Pharisees immediately went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. See, because it's one thing like in America today and in the traditional church of which I know. When you have different churches and they begin to argue over doctrines more than loving one another, we have problems. But see, most people in America don't even bother with it. They just stick in their own little congregation and that's it. And we're divided in our little congregations. We have a lot of them. We call them denominations. Denomination is actually division. It's one of the things, division. And division means separation. So the Pharisees, according to the law... They want to destroy him. Now, where does that come in the law? Where you can kill somebody for doing good. The Lord is healing somebody. And they want to kill him for it. And you have, well, look at Antifa and BLM. You know, they're not in the church. Well, they were the other night. Uh, I think it was in the Louisville riots, they went into the Unitarian Church, which will send you to hell quicker than the Devil's Church because they don't even believe in Christ in there. It's Unitarian. One God overall for everybody, which is going to send them to hell quicker than, quicker than ever. It makes them feel good. And so, there you go. They were in church, but of course they ran out all the white people and ran out all the reporters. They couldn't be in the church. Good for them, because they don't want to be in there anyway. But see, in the guise of doing something, they're standing up for Breonna Taylor. That's how this all started, along with George Floyd. George Floyd, of course, had some uh, medicinal drugs he was taking that was on him. He resisted arrest. If he hadn't resisted arrest, he'd have been alive today. The inquiry, the inquest found out that George Floyd did not die from the, from the officer putting his knee on the, the guy's neck, but he died from the things that he took. The meds. <laughs> Drugs. Breonna Taylor was inside with her boyfriend and the police came and knocked on the door and her boyfriend fired and hit one of the officers and so they returned fire she got killed so now they riot over it on the streets if she, her boyfriend hadn't done anything she would be alive and he would be in jail of course she had done stuff too 
So here we go. We have an excuse to riot, pillage, burn down businesses, kill people, and do every other thing. And you think that is honesty and that's going to make a basis for a foundation of a new society. You're wrong, you're crazy, and you're going to go to hell in a handbasket. Not to mention making a division in this country. Of course, we have a lot of gullible youth who follow this nonsense because our many of our teachers and our colleges have been embracing this social bull for a long time. So yeah, America's divided. And uh, Christianity, of course, has become the enemy in many ways. That's fine. We're ready to be an enemy. We've always been an enemy. The apostles were the enemy of the religious. The apostles were the enemy even of Rome after a while. And they even had screwy Roman Caesars, nuttier than a loon, who persecuted the church. Who declared themselves God. We've got people in China. The communists who have declared war on God. Is America any better? No, it's not any better. But I'm going to tell you that Christianity and those who stand in Christ are going to last a lot longer than America ever thought of. As well as every nation on earth. So go ahead and riot and be evil because your fruits will come upon you and you'll find death. You will find hell. You need to repent and you need to stop it. But of course, they don't listen to this anyway. doesn't do any good. You can even get on social media and you can share with your buddies and you can talk and curse and say anything you want to on that Twitter. And the only thing it does, and we're talking all social media, not just Twitter, it doesn't solve anything at all. It might it makes you feel better, gives you a little bit of uh, social psychology and comforting, sociology and get together, but it doesn't solve much of anything. In the end, you still have division, and you have to decide what you're going to do. Fighting God. The kingdom war is very real, and it's very real in America. And right now, there is a war in America for the souls of people. And the devil is using Antifa and BLM and other groups, along with money from those who do not believe at all. The secular Jew Soros pumping money into it. There's a lot of others that are pumping money because they want a socialist world order, which is going to happen eventually. It's going to be led by the dark one, and all these rich boys and girls are going to take the mark because they're going to think that this dude is God. It will be the delusion that Paul warned about when everybody rejects the love of the truth in Second Thessalonians 1, which they have done. And they will continue to do. Now, the Pharisees went out and they're going to destroy him. But see, whenever the enemies of God plot the Lord has an alternative plan and so the Lord himself can take care of it 
But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. I love that verse. He healed them all. If you don't believe in divine healing and the miraculous, you need to. And charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be filled, which fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my spirit, whom I have chosen, my beloved, and whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, a smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment into victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Now see, he became the suffering servant, the suffering deliverer. He who had the power to heal, he who was known as the one who could raise the dead, the Pharisees and even the high priest didn't know how they could stop him because they feared that he would take over the kingdom from them. But once he brought forth judgment into victory by going to the cross, then in his name the Gentiles shall trust, and also the Jews as well, because there were Jews that believed. The first church was a Jewish church. The first disciples and apostles, well, they were all Jews. The Messiah himself is a Jew of the line of David. And so we have that redemption. But there is no doubt that a kingdom divided, God is not divided. The church may be divided, but God isn't. And the people in the churches have to know that. And there's doctrines that, of course, do separate us. And there's a number of them. I could tell you what they are, but that, that's not what I'm doing here today. The bottom line of it is, is knowing the Lord, loving the Lord, and loving him, and loving those who love him more than we love our doctrines. Not to allow division, but to be united in Christ. Then, in this verse 22, one was brought to him, uh, possessed with the devil and he was also blind and dumb and the Lord healed him and so the blind and dumb both spake and saw and the people were amazed and said is not this the son of David now you see the one thing that the Pharisees realized for them is the fact that the Lord knew the law, but his doctrine was different than anything they had ever been taught. Paul was there at the time by the name of Saul. He was there. He was consenting to the death of, Saul, of uh, Stephen. The Lord had to get a hold of him and shake him out of his blindness in order for him to see. Matter of fact, after the Lord appeared to him, Paul or Saul was blind until he was healed of it. 
a lesson for him to sit around after he got saved when he couldn't see he could pray and the Lord could make known unto him what he didn't see when he had his eyesight. So in verse 24, the Pharisees had heard what the Lord done with the one that was blind and dumb. And so they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, prince of the devils. You know, as if the devil is going to cast out his own minions. Yeah, that, that's about as stupid as you can get. But see, people believe stuff every day like that. In America, they've always believed stuff. People will believe virtually anything if you, you know, you could sell them anything. That's the way it is. People, especially humans, are so gullible. And especially today, we are just downright gullible and foolish. And so in verse 25, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, why, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges." But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or how else can one enter into a strong man's house, spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong men, and then he will spoil his house? You see, this is the key. He is the Son of God, and he cast out the devils by the Spirit of God. The kingdom of God came. And as the Lord says to us, the kingdom of God is within us. And I can tell you personal testimonies of people who God has delivered. And you have to be stronger than the things that are binding you. It's foolish to think that Satan would cast out Satan. That's utterly ridiculous. Matter of fact, Scripture says that when you cast out a demon, he goes out and finds more demons, more powerful himself to go back and wait for those who they were cast out of to trip up and do something so they could tempt him again and enter back in. Now see, the Pharisees, they, they weren't doing any miracles. You notice a lot of these miracles the Lord did. They'd been sitting on the street. They'd been walking around. They'd always had this problem. The Pharisees never did anything about it. Did you see them going around miracles? No, you didn't. You see one, the Son of God. So the Lord goes on to say, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. You're either on his side or not. And if you're not on his side, you need to repent and get on his side. Otherwise, you know, the time is coming and it's getting close. If you're not in the safety net of Christ through his blood and by faith, you're going to be screwed, glued, and tattooed and in hell. 
But he didn't create hell for you. He created that for the devil and his angels. He died for you. He stretched out his arms and died for your sins. He is the very Son of God who shed his own blood so that you might be saved. And the only thing that's keeping you away from him is you're stubborn in pride and it could be you're blinded. Wherefore I say unto you, he goes on to say, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto, unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. That's because that's the Spirit of Christ. And of the Father. You can be forgiven. And there are people that have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. But in the world today... Verse 33, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. Remember, John 15, we're to abide. He is the vine, we are the branches, the father's the husbandman, and we're to have fruit. What kind of fruit's on it? Good fruit. Righteous fruit. You can also find this in the context of John 3.16. While Christ died for everybody, he says not everybody will come. Because they love darkness more. And he goes on to talk about those who do come to him. Show that their works are approved of God. They're found in God, in the light. That's why we are those that reveal the light, that show the light. Because we do the deeds of righteousness. We follow what the Lord would want us to do. Now you see, many people have tried over the years to parlay Christ into some sissy-assed, knuckle-headed preacher that comes along he had love but I guarantee you he had starch in his backbone in the faith of God and the spirit of God and he had the fullness of the spirit of God and he would look you in the eye and tell you the truth and if and if you wanted the truth that truth would melt your heart but if you hated the truth it would sh shiver your timbers it would Wake you up. Verse 34, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of, his, of the heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. 
But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account of thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. That's how you're justified before God, because you have confessed that he is Lord. You have believed upon him. But there is a difference. The fruits. You have a pastor up there and he's teaching things that are an abomination in the word of God. Get out of the church. Don't stay there because your friends stay there. Get out. Save your kids and save yourself and your family. That's ridiculous. And if you have some politician that does wickedness, don't vote for him. Now, see, that's what they say of Trump, that he's lawless and divisionary. Well, yeah, he's divisionary, all right. Why? Because he is pro-Israel. He is the most pro-Christian president. He is the most pro-life president. There's a lot of things. And he wants to make America great again. And he has provided jobs for Hispanics and blacks and other minorities as never before. No one has shown the numbers he has. And the only reason things aren't so good is because you have liberal democratic governors and mayors who refuse to do anything until after the election because they want to try to make Trump lose. Well, if the American people fall for that, they deserve whatever they get. But see, right now, who knows? You know very well that the devil is a liar and he's a thief and a stealer. And the, the devil is in the details in this country. And there will be those who will try to thieve and steal this election. And it won't be Trump, I can guarantee you. This is a guy that will tell you what he thinks. And he he is very, very controversial because he represents the people. He really does. And I know when when Obama got done, there was a list of things that I had that we needed to undo, and Trump undid every one of them. Obama was a late-term, believed in the late-term abortion. And see, that's what these kids also want. They want, these girls want that abortion. And so they're scared to death that the Christians are going to win and take away their abortion. There are so many things going on here, but see, it's fruits. You need to be a good discerner. You can't just judge on the out, out, outlying areas. I'm not defending Trump. I don't need to. He can take care of himself. But I've seen the hypocrisy of the Democrats... And Joe Biden, he sits in his basement, never goes anywhere. Pelosi says, don't go and answer any questions or do anything. It's useless. Well, that's because they're afraid he'll trip up. Meanwhile, Trump has gone all over the country. Thousands upon thousands of Americas, even during the pandemic, he's talked to. And I've seen a lot of his meetings, a lot of them, online. Everywhere he goes, the place is packed. 
This guy reaches the people whether you like him or not. And I hear a lot of them always talking about his tweets. Why does he tweet? Well, why do you tweet? Don't be a moron about it. The Democrats hate him because he tweets. Tough. Every one of those Democrats are on social media. And many of them lie in Congress. Ilian Omar calls for the overthrow of the United States. AOC does the same thing. And they both follow and support Antifa and Black Lives Matter while they're rioting. Not one Democrat that I know of has condemned the rioting, the loss of lives, the loss of minority businesses for the most part in the inner city. They're burned. They're gone. It's evil. It's wicked. And you want to know who to vote for? I'll tell you now. Don't vote for any of these Democrats until they change. There's a lot of Democrats that are changing and going to vote Republican. And I'm telling you, the Republicans aren't a, aren't a uh, paragon of virtue either. Most of the Republicans oppose Trump. All the way to the top. Bush and all them hate him. Bush didn't do anything to help America. He didn't do anything to help the inner city. Neither did Obama. So... And I can tell you, the climate in Jerusalem, when the Pharisees were there, the Pharisees were the religious and the political mentors. Because they wanted to keep the power that was given to them by the Romans. This whole thing worked together. The religious with the political to keep the people captive, to do what they wanted them to do. And that's the same thing today, and you can find it in America today. They manipulate religion. They're already keeping Christians from even going to church and praying and singing. Well, that'll be a cold day in hell, I'll tell you, when some idiot politician tells me I can't pray or I'm not going to sing a song. I don't need his okay, and I don't need his okay to go to churches. If I want to find Christ, I can go out here and find him anywhere. For a matter of fact, the kingdom of God is within you. You don't need to go to church. Many of the persecuted Christians that we report on don't even have a church. Many of them who have a church are getting killed in their churches. Their churches are getting destroyed. Where have you been? Wake up, America. Wake up, church. It's time for you to understand. You need to understand where you stand. And understand there are people that are deceptive and evil and wicked. And they're in this country right now. And they're going to take your country from you and take every bit of freedom you have. And they're going to kill you in your churches if you're not smart about this and if you don't seek. And that's why this weekend you have Franklin Graham. And there's going to be thousands of others along with him. And Jonathan Kahn is going to be there. I don't know if he's going to be in the same place. But they're going to be praying for America. Pray for America. And fast this Saturday, the 26th, tomorrow, if you hear this in time. If you don't, just pray for this country and fast. So, folks, thank you for listening. Bless you. Stand with us and help us get this word out. Shalom, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Have a great weekend. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.